0: This podcast is presented by CW Driver Companies, a general contractor and construction manager serving Southern California for over 104 years. CW Driver lives out its purpose every day by committing to building better communities and lives together. CW Driver Companies is built on a foundation of great teams, forward thinking, innovation, and building toward a dynamic future. They are proud to be ranked number one best places to work in Southern California for 2022. to the Construction Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. This podcast is all about leadership. I'm so thrilled to have a platform where leaders can learn from other leaders. When leaders take a commitment to a lifelong journey of learning, I believe they're well-equipped to have their businesses thrive. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and thank you. If you're a return listener, thank you so much for your support. Speaking of leadership, I had the opportunity to meet a gentleman via LinkedIn, who is our guest today. Uh, he is somebody that I was watching his leadership posts, and I felt like we were highly aligned and we had some of the same philosophies with leadership. So we were able to connect via LinkedIn, have a great conversation, which, Hakeem, I wish that conversation would have been recorded because it was a fantastic conversation Me too. and a Me meaningful too. conversation. It was very good. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Why don't you just briefly tell everybody about who you are, a little bit about your background, and we'll talk about what you do today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Nicole. It's awesome to be here. So I always say, first and foremost, I'm a husband and I'm a father of six-year-old identical twin boys. Um. I have lived so many different lives. I've been a musician. I have been an actor. I've done stunts. I've worked in the legal profession for nearly two decades.
0: Uh, Wait, we didn't talk about the stunt part. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's another time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and, now, and now I get the great pleasure of being a career and leadership coach for, uh, for senior professionals.
0: So I know that there's so much more to that story. I mean, you made it sound like you just jumped right into your coaching career for executives, but I know that there was a corporate nine to five position that you were holding, and you're, you're an attorney basically. So talk a little bit more about um, who you are in a in a legal aspect because I think that's where most of your career started. So just give a little bit of glimpse of that.
1: Yeah. So. Contrary to popular belief, I'm actually not an attorney. I have been a non lawyer working in the legal profession for, again, nearly 20 years. Uh, I started my career at the American Bar Association doing legal profession reform programs in Central Asia. So I had the great opportunity to travel to Kyrgyzstan, and Tajikistan, and that's really where I fell in love with coaching. I had the opportunity to Develop and train and support my international field staff in ways in which they could lead themselves and others more effectively. And from there, I went to Harvard Law School and I was working in Harvard Law School for uh, about eight years, doing executive education for lawyers and working with a research center that studies the profession. Uh, our little unofficial tagline was We study lawyers, not law. So it's really like the psychology and sociology of the legal profession globally. Um, and then, and then most recently, I worked at the University of Miami School of Law, where I was the director of intellectual life and professional programs. And again, doing more of the leadership and professional programming. And I really had this passion for developing leaders and giving people the opportunity to, you know, kind of level up and enhance their skills, both leading themselves but also leading others.
0: So I think the first time that we spoke, we talked about that some of your very first clients and just. To add to your backstory, your very first clients were were attorneys and people that, you know, matched what your academic achievements are. So that must be very interesting to be able to coach those individuals because they're very high intellect, right? They're analytical people. So what I know about your coaching is that it's a little bit different and it offers the emotional intelligence part of the human component. So share a little bit about some of the challenges that you face when you are coaching highly intellectual people when your your mission really basically is to have them be more an emotional standpoint, right? Like compassion and all of those things that maybe some you know, not to make a general statement, but a lot of times highly intellectual people analytical people don't lead with compassion. So how do you, how do you support them in doing that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I I think, you know, and it's not that they don't have the capacity for it. And Mm -hmm. I know that's not what you're implying, right? but I think, I think that it's, it's actually that they've spent so much time pursuing, you know, a lot of these sort of academic credentialing, these professional, you know, these professional paths that have required them to think and operate and learn in a certain way in order to be proficient in their field. So, you know, using, using attorneys or legal professionals, for example, you know, when they go to law school, they're really, they're really diving into headfirst, this sort of study of black letter law. Yes. And, and there's little focus and has been for, for a long time. And that's starting to shift, which is good news. um, But very little focus on emotional intelligence uh, leadership skill building, um, professionalism, how to conduct yourself as part of a team or as a leader of a team. So I think first and foremost, when I'm working with clients that are highly intellectual, highly accomplished, uh, high achievers, is to kind of slow everything down a bit. Um, I, I really try to focus on creating a container for them where they feel like they can be vulnerable which is something that they often in their professions and probably throughout their lives have not felt like that was something they could do.
0: Oh, that's um, a very scary word for some people.
1: Yeah. Right. And I think that, that, but allowing them to be vulnerable from the start and understand that, that their vulnerability is actually the way we're going to get to major breakthroughs and uncover some limiting beliefs or identify some blind spots or help them level up or achieve their goals Once they realize that it's a means to an end, they actually open up to it. And then the conversations become actually really productive.
0: I want to stick with vulnerability for just a moment. First, I'm going to layer a couple of questions for you. Maybe let's set the bar in terms of what vulnerability is, because I think oftentimes people might have a different idea or understanding of what vulnerability is. And then secondly, what tactics do you leverage to be able to allow people to experience vulnerability that not only maybe in that moment they can experience it but then carry it forward
1: yeah that's a great question i think you know to me vulnerability is creating a level of comfort in yourself to accept you know the things about you that you wouldn't otherwise naturally reveal and they don't have to be weaknesses i mean i think people always assume vulnerability and weakness go hand in hand, but vulnerability is actually just sort of like a, a approach or practice of transparency, where you're comfortable letting people see the real you, you know, the authentic you in whatever form that may take in the day and the week in work out of work, whatever it is. And I think that level of comfort is something that we're, we're taught from an early age, isn't really acceptable and isn't isn't really conducive to professional success because it, it, it implies weakness or it implies, um, you know, a lack of proficiency somewhere. And when we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable, I think we're actually much more receptive to new ideas and new learning and new perspectives. And in the coaching context, we're certainly open to, you know, greater dialogue and, and more productive conversations too.
0: Yeah, I think with vulnerability, I mean, people might have different ideas on what it means. It doesn't always mean walking into a boardroom and start crying, right? That's not what vulnerability is. I think you nailed it perfectly. It's about showing up as who we truly are. And the reason that we do that is so that we can make the most impact and influence on the people around us. Because when we are truly authentic and being ourselves, and we're allowing people to um, just kind of see that human component of who we are, it it allows them to be who they are as well. And I think I believe that people operate best when they're they operating their, in their authenticity. So for the listeners, um, maybe people that don't always practice vulnerability, what are a couple of things, maybe two or three things that they could learn how to practice vulnerability so they can reach the people that they want to reach yeah, a little bit better? I
1: think, um, you know, First and foremost, and and I, you know, talk through this with all my clients is just getting comfortable with an increased level of self-awareness, sort of raising your consciousness. Um, Ooh, that's
0: a whole other thing. But it's,
1: but they, but they go, (laughs) but they, but they go so hand in hand. I mean, it's really, you can't be vulnerable if you don't know what you're being vulnerable with and, and, and being able to sort of tap into, you know, where your self awareness is as a baseline, and then challenge yourself to be more and more self aware. That's what allows you to start correcting and identifying areas of improvement, and you know where you may want to strengthen, or may, where you where you may want to fill some gaps on your team because of things that you don't you know you don't do as well as others. But that self awareness is crucial to being vulnerable because once you recognize that your self awareness is is your priority vulnerability just sort of happens naturally. You realize like, okay, I'm aware of these things. I'm okay with these things. I know how I operate with, you know, my strengths and some of my shortcomings. I'm okay with other people knowing that too. And it allows you to be more open and more vulnerable.
0: Okay. So how do people enhance their Mm self-awareness?
1: I think it's again, this idea of like just slowing down. There's so much pressure on us to to just grind, grind, grind and hustle, hustle, hustle. And I think that in that process we miss real opportunities to make, you know, minor tweaks to our approach in the day, whether it be in our relationships personally, whether it be in our relationships at work, whether it be our approach to time management, whatever it might be. But if we just slow ourselves down and we allow ourselves to catch ourselves doing something and ask the question of why, that makes us more aware. Deciding whether or not this sort of like inward thinking or outward thinking. So this idea of like, am I doing this because of what I want and what I feel and what I believe and value, or am I doing this because of what I expect others think I should do? we we end up we end up creating this self awareness that then feeds the rest of our development
0: you know when we originally spoke my question was and it was one of the questions for today but we're already on the topic it was uh what do you find it was something to the effect of like what is the most common challenge that you run into when working with leaders and i think your response was self awareness right people are or just kind of walking around not aware of how we show up. And it, it is so impactful, right? The whole purpose of being aware of who you are and showing up the way that you should show up as a leader, especially just in life, in a corporate environment, in your home, however, wherever it might be, just really being aware of how you're showing up and then impacting others. And then we finished that conversation with something that was really powerful. And I carried it with me for, you know, the week after we spoke, but basically all of this wraps into being able to lead your own life so that you're able to lead those around you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the the self-awareness piece, you know, I don't want people to get hung up on that, but it's really self-awareness so that we can lead ourselves effectively. You know, we can't lead other people if we aren't leading ourselves in our own lives in the way that we desire, we truly desire. And I think that the self-awareness piece is, is, as you mentioned, this sort of like just just going through the motions and not stopping and taking the time to reflect. But it's also just a matter of like patterns that we create yeah, and, and conditioning ourselves. I mean, if someone has been successful doing something a certain way over and over and over again, what's to tell them to change if it's worked for them for so long? But maybe that Maybe that approach that's worked for the last 10 years doesn't work in this new environment or this new phase of your life or this new role that you're playing. And someone who may lack that self-awareness may not recognize that they're stuck in a pattern or they're stuck you know, with a certain approach that doesn't really serve them or their team or their business or their family in the way that it's meant to at this period in their lives.
0: Okay, so then again another takeaway for the listeners, how do people break those yeah. patterns?
1: You know, I, look, I'm, I'm biased so I get to say like find someone to work with. Like I mean, I think the 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 approach to coaching for such a long time was that it was like this punitive thing where you were put on a performance plan and you were told, you know, we're going to get you a coach to help you improve these problem areas and if we don't see an improvement in the next 6 months you're out of here versus now where coaches are really being being sought out for the high achieving high performing talent in organizations to say look we see you doing so many things great but there are some areas where you could even you know go go from good to great let's let's get you in touch with somebody who can actually help mm-hmm. you work through that and i think that that's really one of the benefits of of coaching if i say so myself is that coaches can often act as a mirror And if you, if you aren't having these conversations with your spouse, for example, because they're, they're, you know, busy running the household or you're busy co-parenting or, you know, they've heard it a thousand times and they don't want to sit and listen to it again, or your friends aren't engaging in that way, or you don't have coworkers or, or, or leadership around you that can help you work through that. A coach is someone who will actually sit there and say, here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm seeing. How does this sound to you? and that's an opportunity for self-awareness if it's not something that comes naturally for it to be presented to you to then reflect on and to actually work through
0: so basically there's not really a one two step like there's not like do this do this do this and your patterns broken and you're there you are going to you know skyrocket off into the world to what's next but like anything hiring a coach to be able to maybe even support in pointing out some of the things that we can't see because when we're in it we can't see it like so we have yeah. blind spots, right? There's some things that we yeah. just can't see about ourselves. So being able to hire a coach, have a mentor, whatever it might be, just that one person in your life, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your, you know, brother really? or sister that are able to be really candid with you and to be, you know, that person that says, Yeah, when you do this, when you show up like this, just so you know it's really like not serving you in the best way. And then being open enough and vulnerable enough and um committed to changing enough that you actually take Mm -hmm. steps forward to step into who you're really supposed to be or do the things that are really going to get you to the next level. So I hear you on the whole, you know, find a coach type of thing, but is there anything that, is there like a tactic? Is there a philosophy? Is there anything that you can offer in terms of, Um, other than they, what if somebody doesn't feel comfortable with the coach? What if they're just like, no, I want to do my own life and they're private people, which happens sometimes, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, one thing that I always recommend to people is start journaling. Mm. You know, that's, that is, that is a huge practice. If you ask any successful, you know, business person out there in the world, entrepreneur you know, strong, high level professional, they'll tell you that they, they create space. And, and maybe that's the one two step is to start to find ways where you can create time and space for yourself to actually reflect what in the day did I do well today where what are th- what are certain things in the day that I'd like to improve upon? Yeah, because we're so busy again going going through the motions of the day that by the time we get done with the day, we want to put a show on and binge watch a couple episodes and then like pass out and do it all over again. And where in the day are you carving out space to actually reflect? the self-awareness is a practice. It's something that comes from you know sort of introducing that approach to yourself and it can be in short doses at first. So give yourself 10, 15 minutes at the end of the day to jot down some notes. Like, I really liked how I did this. Tomorrow, I want to I wanna work on doing yeah. better around these few things. And, and you'll start to see as you do this, you know, a handful of days or weeks, you'll start to see some patterns develop. And you'll see, wow, the last seven days, the last two weeks, I've been, you know, writing down how I don't feel like I have enough time in the day. Hmm, I wonder why that is. Now reflect on that. Do I really not have enough time in the day? Is there a new perspective or a mindset shift I could make around that? And and a lot of people are capable of doing this themselves. I mean, it's not like it's a coach is the end all be all, but I think that if they if they are committed, like you said, to this idea of improving themselves, small little steps in that direction of sort of self-actualization can be as easy yeah, as just, just kind of journaling. It a few circles back
0: a to what you originally said at the beginning of the podcast, which was allowing people to see that it's okay to just slow down for just a minute and to take some time, just really reflect yeah. on, man, I showed up this way with this person. I didn't really like how I feel about felt about that. I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. Or vice versa. Like, man, I made a huge impact on that person and that's how I want to show up every single day going forward. Right. So really just taking a minute to yeah. slow down, yeah. pause, be with yourself and yeah yeah
1: and get curious yeah i mean just be curious i mean i think that's curiosity is one of the one of like the sort of leading attributes of self-leadership that i talk about with my clients and some of my trainings and curiosity people don't think about that when you're thinking about self-leadership like but do do i know myself yeah but do you yeah i
0: think the same thing
1: do you and I'm always you know, like, and, why do I do
0: that? Like, why yeah, is that that's, something that's, that's that is imp- ugly about me? I'm like, why do I do that thing, right? And so I'll start to dig into like, why is this showing up for me? Or maybe it's a specific person that I'm like, why am I like this with this person? Because it's that, it's me, it's not them, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that in in addition to you know reflecting on the things that you know we kind of beat ourselves up about, and that's those are always the easiest to identify, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's also asking the questions about like. Why was that so successful? Why why did that yes. feel so easy? Why did I enjoy that so much so that you can replicate that? Yeah. And and that's really I mean a lot of people you know they think that this sort of self-awareness piece and the self-improvement piece is like beating yourself up. It's it's actually to to reserve judgment, to to eliminate judgment. I love that. And and say, "Look, I'm not going to judge myself for the way that I handled today, but I am going to be reflective. I am going to process how I approach the day and identify things that I liked that I did and things that maybe I didn't like as much. I love that. But also it's just as valuable to highlight the things you did well and reflect on the why and what the circumstances were so that you can replicate that going forward.
0: I think the things that we do well are the things that we belong in. Right. And it, mm. it as you were saying that, it just reminded me of when you shared your journey with me of when you were at your nine to five and you knew where your passion was. You knew that coaching and, you know, making an impact on people so that our world is a better place, basically. Um, that's where your passion was. And you made that leap of faith. So I just want to take a minute to talk about, you know, why do you do what you do? What, yeah. what, what is behind all of this?
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Th- yeah. You know, it, it's, it's difficult. You're, you know, we were a single income family. We've got our two young boys, we moved down from the Northeast back down here where, you know, up North, we had a small little apartment in the city, no cars. And all of a sudden we've got a house and two cars and kids are in school and summer camps and sports camps and all of this. And, and to just say like, bye, bye six figure paycheck. And I'm going to go all in on coaching was not something that, you know, we did lightly. But yeah. I think that what I realized was that coaching as I was doing it kind of like as a you know, a side hustle slash hobby when I was working my nine to five really developed into this passion project that I I wanted to spend all of my time and all of my energy on. And it was, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I would be done with a regular workday and I'd be tired. And I have, you know, just gone through jumping all the through all the the hoops that we often go through, triaging emails and meetings and navigating personalities and politics. And I'd have a coaching session and I would think to myself, I'm completely exhausted. Like, how am I supposed to get on this coaching call right now? And five minutes in, I'd be on cloud nine. And I would just Yeah, be, that's your... I mean, that's that's another place, like we were just saying, where I would, at the end of the day, carve out time to reflect on a day. And that was always one that kept coming up for me where I was like, Ah, oh, I feel happiest when. You know, like asking myself that question. I feel yeah. happiest when and finishing that. I feel happiest when I'm coaching. I feel happiest when I'm supporting leaders, when I'm impacting them in a way that not only serves them, but then serves the people that they lead. And this trickle down ripple effect that's created is just, it's a beautiful thing.
0: It's purposeful. Yeah. It's where it's, you know, what your purpose is. Obviously you're very good at it. And, you know, I wish we had more time together. We don't, but quickly, where do people find you? Cause I know they're going to want to get a hold of you.
1: Yeah, please. Um, you can easily reach out to me anytime at Hakeem. It's Hakeem at Lockdar Coaching, L-A-K-H-D-A-R coaching.com, or I'm on LinkedIn, Hakeem Lockdar uh, on LinkedIn. There are fortunately not many Hakeem Lockdars, so I'm I'm typically easy <laughs> to find. Um, but but I'm very active on LinkedIn, as you know, Nicole. And uh, I love meeting new people. I'm always open to conversations, and I think that's where it starts is being open to conversations, and when when people recognize that through those conversations there's an opportunity to gain more self-awareness to figure out blind spots and ways in which they can level up you know not just their personal professional goals but those of their teams and 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 then have it ripple out into you know the rest of their lives um, i welcome those conversations always
0: yeah you never know where those those conversations are going to lead to so i agree with you 100% just you know Being open to those. I mean, I knew in our very first conversation, it wasn't even over the phone yet. And it was when I called you, Adam. Um, That conversation, I knew that uh, it would be a special connection and we would have some room for collaboration. So I want to thank you so much for being on today. It's a pleasure. I love your philosophy. I love what you're doing in the world, uh, allowing people to um, couple their Intellect with their emotional intelligence to be able to lead their teams, their lives the best that they can. So I just want to thank you so much for the work that you do. And thank you for being here today. To the listeners, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and share. And I'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Construction Influencer Podcast. Make sure that you share, like, and subscribe.